today on Ag News Daily. It's really about thanking the president for following through on his message that, that he did what he said he was going to do. He was going to support agriculture and he was going to support renewable fuels. It's about thanking that, him for that, first of all. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Delaney Howell, one of the hosts for the Ag News Daily Podcast. Joined by my co-host, Mike Pearson, and we are in Council Bluffs today hoping to hear a big announcement or President Trump's remarks after a big announcement coming down the pipeline. Yes, that is the story. We are here in Council Bluffs. It, we are recording the podcast at about 2.15 on Tuesday afternoon, and at about 3 o'clock, President Trump is expected to make an announcement. It is expected that he is going to say that he is going to direct the EPA to lift, or I guess issue, lift the waiver of reed vapor pressure that would allow the sale of E15 year-round. And uh, that's the big story. This is coming coupled with a couple of different things, one of the main ones being restrictions on some of the trading aspects of biofuel credits, commonly, well, we call them RINs Mm -hmm. a lot on the podcast. That's what they are, renewable identification numbers. And, uh, you know, the verdict's still kind of out on the market as to what that would mean exactly. But that was the sort of the carrot to the oil industry, and then the carrot to the farmers is year-round E15, but of course it's not really going to matter until next June, which is when E15 sales would have been halted for the summer months. Yeah, so I have just maybe a little more insight into that. So in regards to the RINs, it sounds like part of it is the trading aspect of it, but a bigger part of it is to bring transparency to the credit, because Mm -hmm. as we know, we've talked about the hardship waivers, a lot of folks have been upset about that, saying you've been granting these small refiner waivers. Why are you granting them? How are you granting them? What criteria are you basing this off of? So that's one of the things that President Trump is expected to call on the EPA. And then the other piece of that is, of course, to address the reed vapor pressure needed for year-round E15 sales. Um, it sounds like, as you mentioned there, Mike, it's, it wouldn't even go into effect until June, mm-hmm. but that's a really tight timeline. So a lot of folks are speculating that, you know, even if he does announce it today, that's it's not impossible, but it's a tight timeline to get all of that changed in time for next summer. You know, it is only Washington, D.C., where nine months is a tight timeline. Delaney, you think about our listeners. These folks, they're buying seed. They're getting equipment ready. They're planting that seed in the ground. They're watching that seed grow. They're getting out there, spraying that seed, treating that seed, then harvesting that seed, then hauling that seed into some kind of a final buyer, all in the exact same amount of time that we cannot get the EPA to write one single sentence saying E15. I don't know if it's quite that easy as writing one single sentence. It would be if I were in charge. Well, you're not, thank goodness. Well, not thank goodness. Farmers... Vote for Mike for (laughs) EPA head I've got some comments, but I'll keep them to myself. I bet you do, Delaney. (laughs) Well, you know, okay, so that's the good news that we're hoping to hear from in just a little bit. We'll be connecting with some farmers who are here before the rally. We'll get their thoughts on the announcement once it comes out, so folks do stay Mm -hmm. tuned. It's actually interesting, too. So we walked up here about 9.15 this morning Mm -hmm. to set up as media because they have to do big, grand security checks, blah, blah, blah. But there were already people, and you called it tailgating outside of the event. What they're doing. It's so bizarre. Well, you know, you come to a big event, I think it's like a concert it's for like some people. It's like football tailgating. Like, people have tents and grills and booze and they're... We assume le- it's, it's booze. Well, it's beverages. I think I saw some bush light cans. Oh, okay. Well, of course, we are in Iowa. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it, it's 
it's very interesting and it's raining and it's chilly it's just so like i mean i'm this is my first presidential rally so it's just very i didn't have an idea what to expect Unexpected. like it's like it's yeah. like when people go out and camp in front of like best buy or whatever on black yes. friday like that's what it reminds me of it's very similar that's what it looks like out here kind of a uh, yeah black friday camp out or then we look at the parking lot and there's like rvs and campers and like growth energy brought this big e15 bus Yes, which is where we will be bunking up as soon as we get yeah. done uh, recording. But, so that's one aspect that could be positive for mm-hmm. agriculture. And of course, what one hand giveth, the other taketh away. President Trump also, today, reiterated his commitment to put more tariffs on China if, and he says they have retaliated, and of course they did, they put $60 billion in additional tariffs on U.S. products after the last $200 billion. He says he is still willing to put tariffs on the remaining $267 billion worth of Chinese imports. And uh, he says China wants to, here's his quote, quote, China wants to make a deal and I say they're not ready yet. I just say they're not ready yet. And we've canceled a couple of meetings because I say they're not yet ready to make a deal. Hey, Mr. President, I I hope you're right and I hope that you do make uh, America stronger again going forward with this. But for the sake of the markets, just take the deal. Beans down six on the day. Let's just take the me- not not the deal. Let's just take the meeting mm-hmm. with the Chinese people, and maybe his strategy is also revolving around the election. Oh, I'm sure it is. Yeah, I don't know. So anyway, so tariffs still in the news as of my question today. is like, once we get to that point where we're at the equivalency of uh, we've got uh, we've got tariffs on all of the products, then what do we do? I when think you have to start embargoing. Round? Oh. Yeah. Nobody wants that. No. Hopefully not. Hopefully that's not the next step, but Absolutely. I don't know. Absolutely. Hopefully it's not. Well, what else yeah. you got for us, Delaney? Well, I'm sure President Trump will make some comments on trade, hopefully, tonight, since a lot of the people in the audience I'm thinking are probably going to be ag-related. Mm-hmm. But we do have some exciting news, trade news, for rice farmers. The U.S. US rice farmers got a pleasant surprise from Iraq. They're expecting the country to buy 30,000 metric tons in the last tender, but Iraq instead agreed to purchase 90,000 tons of U.S. rice. Wow. So they purchased 210,000 tons of U.S. rice since their memorandum of understanding was signed in July of 2016, and it looks like they are moving right along with that. Awesome. Keep writing those checks, folks. That's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Is it Iraqis? Mm-hmm. Excellent. Well, speaking of U.S. goods going overseas, we've got more good trade news, Delaney, actually, this time with the EU. So the European Commission, which is the negotiating body on behalf of the 28 members of the EU, has said that they will start the open negotiations with Washington, and they're going to kick it off by approving more hormone-free U.S. beef into the EU. Um, They don't yet have a number in mind, but they're saying this issue is separate from the pact reached by President Trump and European Commissioner Jean-Claude Juncker in July. uh, Does it say the timeline for when they're expecting that? Very shortly. So kind of the hang-up here is all 28 countries have said they are willing to agree to raise the share of U.S. hormone-free beef imports into Europe. The catch is they have to convince other countries which have the same sort of tariff and trade structures 
to export less of their hormone-free beef. So it's going to be time-consuming, I'm sure. When they say hormone-free, do they mean, like, no vaccinations when they're born? Just or are they growth just no medicated feeds, no right, growth implants? No medicated feeds or growth implants. Any okay. additional hormones, I think. So, so antibiotics okay, like are still okay. okay. Um, but, right, you can't do the the ear mm-hmm. hormone yep. treatment. That's what we always use. Or, yep. right, probably the... Oh, I'm drawing a blank now. Like Kaleen on the would be something for in hog the hogs, feed. Yeah, right? Something like that in right cattle feed. Hmm. Absolutely. Okay. So good news there for for yeah. U.S. beef producers. We just don't have a timeline yet. Okay. Well, I hate to uh, open up this uh, can of worms, but Brazil is going to be seeing. I guess we already probably knew this was happening. Brazil is going to be seeing record soybean exports. For next year, they're expected to plant a record-breaking crop this year, which will, of course, account for the 2018-19 marketing year. And according to the USDA's Foreign Agricultural Service, they've raised the latest forecast for Brazilian soybean exports for that marketing year to 75.5 million metric tons. So it's only up about a half a million metric tons from the expected Mm, exports for this year. and then 69 million for the year before that, the 16-17 marketing okay. year. So, so it's a record, but it's not a huge right. jump. Yeah, but I guess the thing that we can't accord for yet would be, I guess, the trade stuff. I mean, right? I don't know if this drags on. Yeah. Well, let's see. Are, are, do you have any more trade news for us, Delaney? I don't have any other trade news. Excellent. I want to get to something hard hitting. Something okay. that's. I feel like it's going to be dumb. My stomach. Okay, great. It's Chipotle based. Yes. So a lot of our listeners know Chipotle is the fast, casual Mexican food place that ran a lot of ads probably about a year ago now, really, really denigrating the American farmer and the way we produce food. And they rubbed me the wrong way, and I've hated Chipotle ever since. Also, people get sick a lot from Chipotle. Yes. Yes. Chipotle has caused... Yeah, more illness in this country than probably any other fast food restaurant outside of Jack in the Box in the early 90s. But, so, a company or a a group sued Chipotle over their marketing campaign that said their food was non-GMO. So, this lawsuit was filed in 2016, and Chipotle's at the time was saying that their, quote, only non-GMO ingredients were used in their food... And a judge has agreed and said that that is not the case. Those signs, those claims were false, misleading, and deceptive because, Delaney, meat and dairy products used by Chipotle, of course, came from animals that were fed genetically modified organisms because that's the cheapest and most effective way to grow wholesome protein in the world. So, suck on that, Chipotle. Go spend some time in the bathroom, you liars. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. I don't need to talk about that ever again with you. About what? Going to spend some time in the bathroom. I don't want to. I haven't had any Chipotle today. I'm in good okay. shape. My bowels are intact. Oh my gosh. I'm done with my this My pants are clean. Nope. No more. Moving on. Well, I think the only other thing that I have that we really haven't talked about on the podcast, but we've seen definitely in national news is um, Hurricane Michael, which mm. is the next round of hurricanes here. It's expected to make landfall as soon as tomorrow, October 10th, on inland Florida, the panhandle of Florida, kind of all the way up the coastline, but Florida definitely taking the brunt of it. They're, of course, a top producer for a lot of a uh, lot of goods, um, fruits, vegetables. I think even Florida has quite a 
big cattle population. They absolutely do. A lot of ranchers, so, particularly yeah. there in the panhandle, yeah. that are going to get slammed in the face by this hurricane mm-hmm. if it continues on its current path. I think it is at this point. That's the way yeah. it looks. Unfortunately, which means eventually more rain across the plains and other parts. Well, maybe not, because the hurricane's probably going to move towards the southeast. probably means more rain for North Carolina. Yeah. Ugh, poor guys yeah. and gals. Well, I've got just one other piece of news, because this would ordinarily be our hashtag Tech Tuesday discussion. I wanted to be sure I hit some tech issues, and we've got a story here out of the University of Illinois. Basically, we've talked on this podcast, everybody in Ag has talked about increasing chemical resistance in weeds. We're losing modes of action. We're losing chemistries that we can use. So the University of Illinois at Urbana-Champaign are working with research from USDA, and their goal is to create Agbots, basically okay. tiny robots that are going to move down the field. And uh, apparently researchers from a wide variety of disciplines are coming together to build these Agbots. And the idea is, by using mechanical weed control, we're not going to develop resistance. And even if they're, you know... How, How are we not going to develop resistance? Because there's no chemical to get resistant to. So these weed bots are just going to pick them? Yes. Well, and they don't know yet. They oh. don't know what they're going to do. They Maybe they're going to be you know, one row sized cultivators and they're going to mm-hmm. cultivate the weeds. Maybe they're going to go down and individually pluck the weeds out. Maybe Weird. they're going to have flames. Who knows? But they're they're just getting <laughs> Zap started. Them? Burn them? Yeah. Maybe, I don't know. Maybe they I can use electricity. Like just like a quick little like and then it's done. Yeah, you know, absolutely. Like the stuff you see on like sci-fi movies or something. Yes, we're getting there, Delaney. The future is here, mm-hmm. and they're working on it at the University of Illinois. So, folks, mm-hmm. as Tech Tuesday goes on, hopefully we'll get to have an AgBot conversation here before yeah, too long. Yeah, send them an email. That's an yeah, interesting I'm going to. one. I'm going to. Well, Delaney, that does it for my news, and you're out of news as well? Yes. Well, let's jump in to the markets. And our markets are brought to us by our great friends at the Zaner Group. Remember, ladies and gentlemen, difficult times require concentrated marketing. Get help with that by calling our friends at Zaner. You can reach them at 312-277-0050 or on the web at zaner.com. And we've got mixed trade in the grains, weakness in the soybean complex today. December corn down two cents at 364 and a half. The March also dropped two to close at 376 and a half. In soybeans front month November down six and three quarter cents at 863 even. The January down six and a quarter at 876 and three quarters. Chicago wheat little bit of a bounce back. Maybe that dead cat bouncing off the concrete here. The December <laughs> contract up a penny at 515 even. The March up one and a quarter to close at 535 and a quarter. Looking to the world of livestock here. We've got weakness in the cattle complex. The October live cattle contract down 82.5 cents at 113.35. The December down $1.10 to close at 117.15. And in feeders, the October down 72.5 cents at 156.95. The November down 92.5 cents to close at 157.50. Mixed trade in lean hogs with the October up 30 cents at 68.67. The December down 97.50 to close at 56.57.5. And, and of course, a quick look at the dairy market. With the October Class 3 milk contract down 4 cents at 15.80, and the November down 4 as well, the finish at 15.99. Now let's go out to the parking lot, Delaney, and have a conversation with a couple farmers here at President Donald Trump's campaign rally. Well, here we are in the tailgate of the Donald Trump uh, campaign rally or, or presidential rally. 
We're tailgating right now at the E15 bus. Of course, we're celebrating, and we're joined here by Ray Gasser. And Ray, Iowa corn and soybean farmer, past president of the American Soybean Association, just a general man about town. <laughs> Before we get into it, Ray, what are we celebrating here today? Well, we're really celebrating, you know, it's really about thanking the president for following through on his message that, that he did what he said he was going to do. He was going to support agriculture and he was going to support renewable fuels. It's about thanking that, him for that, first of all. Secondly, you know, it's about those opportunities that are going to be created as we open up the markets and build demand for corn through E15. And we're really thankful for that. You know, it's not only creating opportunities for farmers, but, but for the ethanol plants right. uh, to make more money. It's, it's uh, going to help the retailers on yeah. the fuel to give them the certainty that they want and need so they can give our consumers, and it's going to help them too, you know, because it's going to save them money yeah. for their gasoline. Yeah, so it's, it's a benefit for everyone. Yes. Ray, we haven't heard the president speak yet. He's speaking later this afternoon or tonight. What remarks do you hope that he offers to the crowd tonight, which I'm assuming is going to be a lot of ag people in the <laughs> audience? <laughs> well, I think he's going to, to you know, reinforce that he's following through on what he said he would do. You know, that, that he does is concerned about rural America and rural Iowa, mm -hmm. you know, uh, that he uh, is supporting renewable fuels, like he said, and helping build markets for, our, for everything that we grow. Yeah. That's what agriculture wants to hear. Now, Ray, i got to come back to something you said there. Your second point you mentioned, or your third point, we got to hold the EPA accountable. Yeah. We've heard that an E15 waiver was going to be coming for quite a while. Now we've got direction from the president. What happens next? How do we make <coughs> sure we actually get this thing done by next summer when we're really going to need it out here yeah. in the countryside? Can I also ask you, Ray, <laughs> is it possible to get it done by next summer? Well, I think it is really possible to get it done. You know, it does take some time, but we, if the president keeps his foot on the EPA, Mm -hmm. and, and says get her done they need to get it done but it's going to take you know a, a, a rule writing first yeah. of all then it's going to take a month or two months to get the uh, the information you know to do the surveys from people to, to gather what people are thinking around the United States about the E15 and then you got to develop the rule yep. and then you have to go through the process of interagency development and then you put the rule out there so it's, it is possible to have it done by June 1 of 2019 but it'll be a tight It'll be a tight. I mean, you've done a lot in D.C. You've served on lots of national yeah. boards. You know what the political scene is like. <laughs> it is, yeah, and it is, you know, slow. It's not like when we have our own farmer here and, and we decide to do yeah. something, we get it done, you know. Yes. But, but you have to go through way too many committees mm -hmm. and too many people, you know, in Washington, D.C. Yeah. And, Ray, you, you uh, serve on lots of boards. You've served on lots of boards. You're very active in the ag community. What have you heard from other producers before today's announcement of E15? Well, you know, our producers are looking forward to that. They're looking forward to that opportunity to, to sell more of their products that they grow and add value, mm -hmm. and, and it's a big deal. You know, I, I talked about it earlier, but, but when our uh, ethanol plant opened in our area, in Corning area in 2007, they automatically increased the price of corn, 15 cents a bushel. Mm -hmm. Whether you invested in that plant or not, it helped everybody in a 40 or 50 mile radius. Uh, renewable fuels, you know, not only ethanol, but biodiesel too, has been good for agriculture, good for consumers, and in our, our environment, really. Well, and you hit on something. I mean, soybeans are close to your heart, right? Yeah. You've been involved in the soy industry for, for forever. And the industry, the announcement today, E15, of course, we're looking at corn-based ethanol, we're looking at cellulosic ethanol. 
are you expecting or can the president be doing anything to encourage more biodiesel blending and usage? Well, we are. We have talked with the president, and, yeah. and I'm on his advisory council, actually. <laughs> but, uh, but you know, encouraging him to, to be aware and make sure that EPA is aware of, you know, of the need to, to uh, have more demand for biodiesel. Mm -hmm. You know, we have more capacity than, than EPA is, is, is uh, sharing with today, you know. You know, right now, you know, the, uh, the uh, uh, renewable fuel standard is up to about 2.4 billion gallons of, F of biodiesel in 2020, uh, but we have a capacity of 2.8 billion. Oh, gallons. wow. So we're not using it all. You know, and, and the whole RINs issue and, and those those waivers that they've given the small, you know, refiners, that's been a real joke, you know, and, and, you know, for, and a real thorn in our side. And it's really uh, lowered demand for biodiesel by about 300 million gallons a year. Now, and that's the thing, right? You mentioned you're on the advisory council, yeah. so you you had the president's ear while uh, while uh, what's his name Pruitt yeah. was issuing these waivers. What was it like in the advisory council? How were you guys approaching the president as these uh, contentious issues were going on? There's about a hundred of us around oh, wow. the country, you know. So I'm not the only one. Sure. And I don't have direct access. Right. But our message was that you know was that you know we need to to encourage EPA and and make sure that they follow through on what the law is, you know, mm -hmm. and and this whole renewable fuels and the RINs, the certificate costs and all those kinds of things, it's just like when you drive a car. Mm -hmm. If you uh, don't, if you stop at your stop signs and you don't speed, uh, you don't pay a penalty. Right. And and if if the refiners use the renewable fuels, they don't pay a penalty into it, so it's not a cost to them. And and you know that's a miss misinformation that they're sharing you know that it really is a cost when it's not if they follow the law mm -hmm. right if they were blending ethanol they wouldn't be buying rins That's right. right absolutely or biodiesel or biodiesel <laughs> right and are rins the same in biodiesel are they interchangeable rins they're, they're, ethanol they're, rins yeah, okay it, it, and, and it really the whole rins issue really impacts biodiesel a little bit more than oh, it does wow. ethanol today How so? because because okay, of sorry. because of it's an advanced fuel Oh. And it is a little bit different okay. kind of rims. Yeah. Ray, I've got to ask too. Of course, we've got so much trade stuff going on. What's your overall feeling about how President Trump has been handling it? Are you still supporting what he's doing? Do you feel like he's making the best decision for agriculture and for farmers? I, I support the president in the long run, you know, yeah. uh, a little bit concerned about about the short run and what's happening. You know, it has put a lot of pressure on that, on agriculture yeah. and farmers, and particularly young farmers, you know. And, uh, you know, so uh, we need to find, uh, we need to build that certainty in our markets. Uh, I do agree that we need to find alternative markets other mm -hmm. than China. You know, yeah. I think, you know, they've been, you know, they've been the gorilla in the room, yeah. you know, for us. And... Uh, we've always been concerned about having one, no matter what business you're yep. in, if you have one one customer that is 60% of your, mar your market, uh, you need to be very concerned yeah. about that. Yeah. So opening up more markets, you know, providing those uh, those efforts and, and the funds to help farmers to open markets mm -hmm. has been uh, a really good, and, and we're really happy to see that, you know, in, in, the, uh, in the incentives uh, that are coming out soon. All right. Now, Ray, before we let you go, you are a farmer. You're in the dirt every day, or at least you would love to be. We're standing under a rainy, overcast sky. We've seen a lot of these. Bring us up to speed. You're in southern Iowa. How are things looking overall? How's harvest progressing? Well, uh, in our neighborhood, I'd say harvest is, is behind schedule now. You know, we started a little bit ahead of schedule. Uh, corn harvest is probably in, in the low, below 20% in our area, and soybeans are 
almost not mm -hmm. existent. You know, we've been able to start on our farm a little bit earlier and uh, moving along in corn, and uh, but we've got a long ways to go in soybeans. It just won't. You know, Mother oh, Nature just won't, won't get the beans ready. When you have been getting in the field for corn, what's moisture been pulling out at? Uh, lately, uh, uh, from 15 to 17, 18 on corn. Mm -hmm. So we're able to put that yeah. directly in the bins. Yep. When we started early, we were drying corn. We've got a pretty good drying system. Do you think you're still going to be harvesting at Thanksgiving? I hate to even ask it. You know, when we started, our goal was to be done October 20th. You know, well, you got 10 days. <laughs> you got plenty of time. <laughs> You know, when you get run and ready, you can we run. We need about four more combines oh, to do that. Oh, boy. Boy, it's going to be a challenge this year. That's for it sure. Is, it is a challenge, and not just for us, but all of our, almost all yeah. of Iowa. Well, Ray Gasser, thanks so much for taking the time to fill us in. Yeah. Always appreciate your insight, and uh, enjoy the celebration. Today. Enjoy fun. hearing from the president. Yeah, we're looking forward to it. Well, we're also catching up with the brand new Iowa Corn Grower Association president, Kurt Neether from Logan, Iowa. Kurt, what does this news mean for the Iowa corn growers in particular? Oh, we're, we're really excited about it. Uh, we've been working on it for a long time, and we're looking at it like a gift. You know, it's going to really help corn demand. We're just really excited. Well, let's talk a little bit about corn demand. Kurt, we've, it's been a challenging year price-wise for both corn and soybean growers. What's basis doing in your part of the world there in western Iowa? Well, we're kind of lucky. Uh, we've got a lot of ethanol plants. We've got a lot of feed use in our area. So basis isn't that bad. I mean, it's not great. Don't get me wrong. But uh, most of the people in our area have enough storage. They're really not selling much corn right now anyway. You know, they're going to put it in the bin and wait and see what happens. If you had to sell, it, it's kind of rough. With this news, obviously we won't see it really go into effect until June, hopefully June of next year. Um, but do you expect it to do any immediate impacts for basis in your area or for corn prices in your area? Well, you know, part of the market is the mental attitude, and it'll help with that. I think it'll help. And uh, I know it'll be June before they really start, but the gas stations will actually start doing E15 now more because they know they can continue it. So I think it'll help, maybe not immediately, but sooner than a guy might think. Now, when you look ahead, obviously this has been on the Iowa Corn Growers list of, of wish items for quite some time. We got it. What's Absolutely. next? What's Iowa well, Corn Growers pushing for? You know, uh, we're going to sit back and enjoy this. I mean, <laughs> there's, always, there's always 100 things going on, yes. but we want to take this uh, and celebrate it. I mean, it's a victory. Yeah. So we got things to go on, you know, with, but, but we're going to enjoy this for a while. <laughs> Good. So we want to thank President Trump for getting this through. We really do. Now, I was going to ask, we talked to Ray Gasser here just a little bit ago, and Ray mentioned that, you know, here we got a great announcement. We're, we heard it from the president. We're going to hear from him again this evening. The hang-up in the past has been the EPA. From the Iowa corn growers' perspective, what can, what can we do? What, what are you guys going to be doing to make sure this gets done? How, who's, who's uh, uh, whatever, I was going to say Who fingers do we have to yeah, 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 you're right, you're right. Um, but I think we can lean on President Trump for that. I mean, he's going to lean on them. I shouldn't say we're going to lean on him, but <laughs> he's going to lean on them, and yeah. we're going to support that. Uh, the EPA, I know they're an independent agency, but, but they'll listen to him more than they will you and me. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> yes, indeed. Are there any specific comments that you're hoping President Trump makes tonight at the rally in regards to either E15 or trade or ag in general? <laughs> oh, well... <clears throat> Uh, we're here to talk about E15. <laughs> Tr trade issues are a little more complicated, but, yes, but you know, um, he's making some progress. you got to admit, he's making some progress. NAFTA There's a ways to go. Done. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah, NAFTA, the new one. Right, whatever, whatever it it's called. Yeah, NAFTA 2. But yeah, we're excited about that. We really are. But we're really excited about E15, and we hope he dwells on that tonight mm -hmm. and talks about it and 
and uh, we're here to support him for that. Now, before we let you go, we were talking to Ray about uh, crop progress, how things are looking. We're standing again, still under the gray, soggy skies here in Council Bluffs. Kurt, how do things look around Logan? Uh, they're kind of tough. We got a good start, okay. and that helps you out mentally. But uh, it's hard to quit, you know, for rain or for anything. Mm -hmm. But we'll we'll surely get another shot. It'll dry up, and we'll go to the field, and we'll get everything done, just like always. But sure makes you nervous. Farmers, the eternal optimist. <laughs> yes. Kurt, how early were you getting in the fields this year? Uh, we, you know, earlier. We thought we was going to get in really early, but mm -hmm. then it kind of got wet again, and uh, we got in a little ahead of normal, like maybe two weeks ahead of normal. But that's good. You know, it's a gift. Yeah, another gift. It is. It's two weeks. It's better than two weeks of this. Yeah. Now, we don't want to go telling tales out of school, but how are yields looking? Oh, they're fantastic. I mean, really? Yeah. USDA, he's lying. He said they're terrible. He said we, we they're just, awful. We just live in a garden spot of the state. I'll yeah. say that. There you go. You know, we wasn't too wet in the spring, and we uh, okay. got enough rain in the summer. Now, I know there are some other parts of the state that had a rough time, yeah. but we were pretty lucky. We did have a wind go through that hurt some, mm -hmm. and that you know might hurt at 80 bushel an acre where the wind actually hit it but the majority of the corn looks really good and the beans i didn't get any beans out but they really look good, good. <laughs> i think they might be record yield like uh, yeah, as good. long as they're still standing that's and right. not yeah. underwater that's, that's, yeah. that's the yeah. key yeah. but yeah. Yeah. yeah well kurt again thank you so much and uh we're excited about e15 i know you are too thank you thank you yeah